Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Okay, uh, here we are back at 99 for One, and uh, today I've got my friend Steve back. How you doing, Steve? Good. How you doing, Will? Very, very well, thank you. And uh, as I promised last week when we talked about Kyle and his coffee, we said today we'd talk about um, Paul and, uh, and and a guy named Tom. I think we're going to wait on Tom for next week, right? Yes. Yeah. And Paul, uh, it's funny though, they, they are connected. Here's how. Um, uh, Tom, 82-year-old man when I met him, blind from uh, uh, South Carolina and uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, near Hilton Head. And we met him in, in uh, do you remember meeting him? Yeah, it was out of feeding, wasn't it? Yeah, in, in uh, Ocean Beach. They, somebody asked us, could we help him load his car? Yes. So we got connected. I'm like, why does he need help? Oh, because he's blind. So he had a whole cart full of stuff, and we got all the stuff into the car. And he said he, he'd heard what we were doing, and he was very moved. Remember that? Yes, very much. In fact, he offered, of all the people, the blind guy offers, how can I help you guys find your friend? Like, think about that. Exactly. Um, Most positive attitude I think I've ever seen from a guy in his position. And he he said, meet me tomorrow night at a feeding at Pacific Beach, and I will introduce you to a friend of mine who might help you more than me, because he actually has, his eyes are working, his name's Paul. And so we met him the next night at the feeding, Tom. Yes. And uh, Tom, uh, imagine, you know, you're blind. He's trying to figure out his phone where, where even to dial up Paul. So he handed me his phone and said, hey, Will, you know, you get on there and you dial up Paul. So I did that and I dialed his number. And then I remember the phone rang about three seats away uh, at the same table. And Paul answered. And I just hear a voice. This guy's like, hey, Tom, why are you calling me when you're, you know, across the table from me? <laughs> <laughs> the uh the uh disadvantage of being blind um so uh paul then just turned around and uh tom introduced us to him um and uh really really nice guy big santa like beard and uh but without the santa belly and uh really friendly and he came over introduced himself and been living we call him uh the ones that live in their car we call we call them what do we call them Upper, uh, upper class upper homeless. Upper class homeless. Upper class. They, they didn't have to sleep out in the grass like we did. They had a car, which I was a little jealous of. Uh, and so we, we meet uh, Paul. And uh, we have a treat today, right? Yes. We actually have, uh, we have Paul, um, our homeless friend from San Diego, in the studio with us. So uh, say hello, Paul. Hey, Will. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Good to see you. So I want to I want to hear today. Uh, how does one? Well, obviously, there's a lot of roads to being homeless, right? But what yeah, really you you know about your road. Right. So what was it that uh, what was it that it, yours is unique and that you chose to be homeless? Correct. Yeah, that's right. And what was behind that? Well, I kind of came to a a fork in the road in my life, and a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and I just. Uh, the scripture came to mind that uh, that Jesus said that sell all you have, give to the poor, and follow me. So I kind of gulped a bit and said, well, okay, how does that work out? So on a Saturday, I had a, a sidewalk sale in front of my apartment. Uh, Monday morning, I had the Salvation Army come and park in front of my house, big moving truck. 
and they basically emptied it in a storage unit that I had and everything went in there and uh, I wound up moving into the back of my uh, 98 Ford Ranger pickup. It's got a nice little camper shell on it. Nice. And that's where I've been living for the last seven plus years. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, so you, so you actually chose because something you, you're reading the Bible, and it's actually some people might not know this, it actually says Jesus, the Son of Man, had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't have a home either. He was homeless. So um, you decided, let's follow in his footsteps, and so you, you embark on this journey. Uh, to 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 live homeless in California, right? And um, tell me, uh, what are what are the plights? What are things people might not think about when you're living homeless? What makes it? What was a blessing and what was difficult? In in a nutshell. Okay. Well, I had been uh, working with a homeless in a at a homeless meal uh, for almost a year and a half at that point, and I knew a lot of these people. And it's kind of like similar to what uh, uh, Holmes. What is it? Crazy Ted. Oh, told yeah. you, um, but I, I kind of felt it internally because here I was talking to these people, trying to encourage them and love on them, and then I'd go home, you know, they'd go out to their camp and sleep, and I'd go home to my nice warm apartment. So I kind of got the idea that I needed, really needed to, uh, like Jesus did, uh, walk with these people, eat with these people, sleep with these people, you know, just live with them in order to really impact their lives more. Right, and uh. The big fancy word for that's the incarnation, like uh, the idea that we would actually be on the same turf as other people, like God came from heaven to be on earth, exactly. and that's pretty cool. So you're actually, Steve, do you remember that, what it was like when we first, how we were received differently when we were homeless versus... Absolutely, know. very humbling that you come from an affluent area like Ashburn and throw yourself out on the street and pretend you're homeless, and people treat you like you're homeless is very humbling, and... Uh, um, was very eye-opening for me. That is that is eye-opening, and uh, we and we weren't pretending, right? We were actually living homeless. So. We were actually living homeless. And, uh, so so let's uh, switch back to you, Paul. Um, tell me, so you got on the streets to actually help people. Is there one story you could tell about somebody you helped where you saw a difference? Sure. Um, one one of the stories that sticks out in my head was uh, a guy that had come in into the the Sunday night meal that I've been working at for a long time and. We had some good conversations and whatnot, and then he started getting really physically, uh, physically deteriorating. And well, long story short, he uh, he kind of disappeared. I, I prayed with him and 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 all that, and then he just disappeared. And that's one of the hard things. You don't know where people mm. go. Yeah. I ran into him about a year and a half later, and he said, "Oh man, I was just talking about you with my wife, and we were walking down the alley." right by the church there, and I pointed there, and I said, that's where it all started. That's where Paul prayed for me, and things started turning around. And then he told me the story about how he, had, he was sick, and he got to the doctors, and he had operations, and his, his nurse daughter was involved, and just all kinds of stuff that happened. And there he was, and I said, well, wait a minute, now you started out saying you were walking with your wife. No, I know you're separated from your wife, but is this a new one? Did you right. marry somebody else or whatever? Good question. He said, no, no, we never got divorced. I'm, I, he says, dude, 30 years I was a heroin addict. 10 years in, my wife left me. My whole family was estranged. Now, back together with my wife, back together with my family. You know, things are a little rough. I'm here at this uh, homeless thing, but, uh, but you know, life's good. Life's good, and, uh, you know, God is good, and, and you really helped me out. 
Right. Wow. So, so you see, uh, and this guy's pointing back to the crossroads of you helping him was you, you stopped, you took time, you listened and you prayed with him and he's pointing to that moment, right? Yeah. It was, I mean, he was the one that said that, I, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't think that that kind of thing is really making the impact that it does. And it's really good if you can see that. Now, uh, are all the stories like that? Everybody you meet with, you uh, end oh, up man. with a nice little bow on the top and I wish, right? I'd make a Hallmark movie or something, but yeah. uh, no, that's not real life. No, it's not real life. I mean, we, I, and I can't imagine. So, Steve, how many trips have you and I done together? Uh, seven trips. Seven homeless trips, and we do five days on the street each time, and it's concentrated. I mean, we're, we're out to meet people all day long, uh, wherever we go. Hey, everybody is somebody else's Ed. How can we encourage them, listen to them, hear their stories? You know, we were looking for Ed at the same time. But we want to not use people to find Ed. We want to actually treat them as somebody else's uh, family member or loved one that's homeless. And how do you feel, Steve, at the end of the week? Like, end of five days, we get on a plane and we fly back to the East Coast. Uh, after five days, emotionally and physically exhausted, it uh, takes me about two weeks to decompress uh, coming back from a trip. Um, just trying to regroup and try to think of everyone that we've met and all the stories that we've heard. Oh, I, I'm with you. I, I uh, my wife has said, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm not Mine okay. Right? Well. <laughs> I'm not okay. It's gonna take me a little while to uh, just like I don't know emotionally come back to ground zero and be normal. I, it's something about if you if you actually allow your heart to feel and you actually care about the people, it kind of wrecks you. It does. It's like a wave after wave after wave of broken live stories and. Um, Wow. But Paul, you're like, we're doing it five days concentrated. You're seven years kind of drip faucet. And how's that hit you after that much time? How do you deal with the, the broken stories? Well, I, that, that description is pretty accurate, the drip faucet. Um, you know, at first, it's you kind of brush it off a little bit. Um, but the more and more you, you get in it, and actually, the more and more I learned to love like Jesus, I started loving all, really loving all these people, and and their pain became my pain. And and to be honest with you, there's there's no easy answer. There's no magic pill you can take. There's no particular Bible verse you can read or sermon you can hear. That it it just weighs on you. Yeah, and it can it can it Thank can get pretty heavy. Yeah, life is messy, and uh, and I tell you what, if you throw yourself in the deep end with a lot of people that are in a bad place, it uh, it does wear on you, right? Yeah. So so yeah, like these are the castoffs of society. You know, the society doesn't want to deal with them. So that's where I was sent, and that's what I was dealing with. Right. It's funny that's uh, with ninety nine for one from uh, Luke fifteen. That's where Jesus is, man, at the table with really messed up people. And the only people that have a hard time with it are the religious leaders who are like, why are you eating with the, you know, the uh, the outcasts, as you call them, prostitutes, uh, corrupt tax collectors. And Jesus is, you know, he defends them. You know, he yeah. wants to be with them. And, but it, but it, it's not a, without a cost, right? And so um, so is there depression on the street with oh, those yeah. who are trying to deal? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to people that are depressed. I'm listening to a lot of people that are, that are self-medicating because of the situation they're in. Right. Some of them have uh, mental problems, and then they try to self-medicate for that. Certain time, I find, you know, I start falling into the same thing. I mean, I'm right. human just like everybody else. Right. So it and starts so, to get to me. 
And so uh, yeah, I think that's that'd be a great future podcast. We'll come back well, next week. We'll talk about Tom, but in two weeks, it'd be great to come back and talk about how do you deal with that. And you talked about an arc. I'd like to hear about the other side of the arc. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll pick up there um, and and chat a bit about it. But as we ask every week, you know, what about you and me? Yeah. How do we apply what we heard today um, to? Uh, to, to our lives every day, to everybody's listening. And, you know, some of you might be, you know, you're probably not a lot of people are listening thinking, I need to, I got a car, I can go live in my car and help people. <laughs> Unless you got a really jacked up marriage, then maybe you're like, the car seems like a nice option now. That's, I don't recommend it. Don't take that route. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but uh, the, the uh, you know, th- there's little things we can do too, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's radical what you've done, Paul, which is awesome. But it starts with everyday little things like the the person being just aware, right, of people exactly. around you. There's people we pass every day on well, our normal. We good. found that out in um, San Diego as well, just waiting in line and uh, chatting with people who have had issues but aren't homeless. Yeah, waiting in line at Starbucks. And those are not homeless people, and they're saying, oh, by the way, my kid's homeless, or by the way, I'm dealing with depression, or by the way, I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z. And those people are human, like you said, Paul, like all of us. Right. And they're everywhere. And if we just open our eyes and say, God, how how can I actually make an impact right where I am today? And uh, it actually goes back to that golden rule. Let's love others the way we want to be loved. Yeah, and, you know, in this society, we're... We tend to be uh, sort of have blinders on, or looking at our phones, exactly. or being entertained all the time, or always distracted. But we've got to get back to the human connection, and just look people in the eye, whether it's a homeless person or anybody else. Just look them in the eye and say, "Hey, hello, how you doing yeah. today?" and mean it. Which is which is kind of funny that you say that when you think of Tom who couldn't look at his phone and couldn't look you in the eye. Uh, <laughs> but but even yeah, Tom's a too. guy. Tom's a guy though who when I met him uh, about three and a half years ago, man, he was so full of, uh, as a blind homeless guy, just this attitude is so positive. And we're, we, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you more about it, but we got to wait for the next podcast next All week. Right. Well, so looking forward to we'll, it. we'll hold off for that. And, uh, until then, uh, go make an impact. You've been listening to 99 for one, a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for one and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.